Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. This is the podcast with you in mind. My name is Tony Roig. I am your host for this podcast. I am a professional pickleball coach in every sense of that word. Is my This is my not only my work, it's my dedication, it's my passion to help you in any way we can live the best pickleball life that you can live. In this uh, week's podcast, we are doing a mailbag episode. Those are super cool because uh, we get, inf- you know, we get sometimes we get stories from uh, uh, from listeners, uh, or we get uh, um, questions that are asked by listeners. And so, this is an opportunity to uh, share with with everyone, with all of, with all of our podcast listeners, the stories and questions that other players just like you have. These questions and and stories are uh, you, you, they're they're not isolated incidents and they're sometimes they're just to help you think about the game a little bit differently and sometimes they are to um, uh, share with you some of the benefits that other players have received in the sport and that you can uh, hopefully have some of that as well in your in your life today we're going to cover some some pretty interesting areas Uh, I I found these to be really uh, helpful to think about uh, in terms of the the, you know the way that you would address this when you're playing pickleball and how you would you know use it positively so we're going to go over what happens when you maybe are viewed as having stayed behind your friends. This one's uh, uh, this was a tough one, and, and I appreciate the, the listener who shared this. Um, how to play with a significant other when there's a disparity in level. Huh? How often does that happen, right? You and your significant other or a friend of yours uh, are different, a little bit different in level in terms of, and it can create some tension sometimes in that play relationship. There's a question about the rules changes coming up in 2024. There's always a lot of rules changes, so the question was, about the ones that are the most relevant to us uh, and keeping track of them. But I'm going to take a little bit of a different tack on that. I think you'll enjoy the, the approach. And then we're going to have a, it's an amazing story about partial recovery from a serious physical ailment through pickleball. The, the last section we're going to have is going to be the open play blues. And I am confident that everybody listening to this either currently experiences it or has experienced this before. Or, and if you haven't, you will in the future or you may in the future. Um, this idea that when you go out to play open play, the, the difficulty of being feeling alone out there in this in sea of players because you're a player who is, uh, you know, who's trying to do something different for yourself with pickleball in terms of learning and growing and feeling like maybe some of the other players out there uh, aren't on the same page. And uh, how do you, what's the best way to deal with that? So I think you're going to find that really interesting. Some of these will be anonymous, some will be identified uh, when, when the user, when the listener allowed us to identify, we did. But it doesn't really matter, right, whether it's anonymous or shared, the, the identity shared. The important thing is to learn from these stories. Uh, I want to thank each listener who sent us the, um, the topics or, or stories uh, share, or share their stories. It's great to be able to hear, again, as I mentioned earlier, about what is happening out there, right, at your courts uh, and in your pickleball lives and to try and offer some advice. And hopefully it's helpful to uh, address that. Uh, before we jump into the podcast, I wanted to let you know that we have two uh, sets of pickleball cancel open registration right now. It's our first time hosting camps in Dallas, Texas. We're going to be at the awesome Oasis facility a little bit. It's on the east side of town. It's still in Dallas, but on the east side of town, Rockwell, I believe, is the name of the of the, of the neighborhood. Um, if you want to make a week of it, why not come to Dallas and join us? Because CJ and I will be there as well for the whole week for the uh, USA Pickleball Nationals. If you've never participated in something like that, you don't have to play to have a great time at an event like that. Come out. You watch some fantastic pickleball. You just The energy, it's just awesome. And then you can roll right into the uh, right into the camps. Uh, it's pickleball overload, as if there were such a thing. Uh, you can visit betterpickleball.com forward slash camps for more information. I'll include the, the the link in the show notes. 
All right, let's jump into the letter number one. And this one I've, I've entitled, Remember Your Friends. This one's anonymous. So this is, uh, 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 this is a, a very uh, personal story of one of the listeners and, and uh, kudos for sharing it. And I'll, I'll do my best to give you some framing on it. Um, I just got, uh, um, so I just got assessed and moved from the uh, 3.5 to the 4.0 level. Uh, a friend who I assessed with back in uh, back before was promoted at that time. In other words, they had moved from 3.5 to 4 at that time, uh, and I was not. After the prior assessment, um, my friend wouldn't drill with me any longer. Uh, now that I moved up, uh, my friend went out of her way on the court today to hug and congratulate me. It felt odd as I haven't played or drilled with her in three months. Uh, when I was promoted, I assured some of my friends that I would continue to play with them. I play, drill six days a week and do this with a variety of groups. I hope to be a help to some of my friends who are looking to continue to improve while at the same while at the same time want to play with more challenging players. That is not an uncommon experience that players have. Uh, I've witnessed it obviously in my in the playgroups here. I, I know that there are certain players in my area that who will not play with other players once they have passed those players, so to speak. Uh, and uh, and it's it's in my view it's unfortunate. Uh, I think there's a way to do this that is a more constructive way to do it for everybody. Uh, and let me let me just suggest this to you. I know that when I started playing pickleball, I didn't really understand pickleball. And I benefited greatly from uh, many of the players who came before me in our local community who showed me the way, showed me a better way to play. David, Larry, Sam, Mark. I mean, there's a list of players who, you know, Eric, Todd, I, you know, I could just, yeah, Roger. I mean, there's all these players who were uh, uh, higher level players at the time that, I was finding my way through pickleball. Uh, I was fortunate to be able to play with those players, right? To 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 and and one day I'll share the story of how we got included in that group. It was kind of a, a funny story, but uh, but you, you know you can't forget that because at some point, wh wherever you are in this in the game as a listener, you were not as good as you are now in pickleball, and there were players out there who gave of their time, gave of their 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 play time, right? to play with you and to improve your game. And, you know, it's, it's, it, what you got to be careful about is, is not to, to raise that ladder, right? It's like that rope ladder that's hanging out the side of the, of the helicopter as, as you're, you know, you got on it, leave the ladder down there, let other players get up the ladder too. And the, the rule that I like the best, uh, Jesse Simon mentioned this probably two, three years ago, I heard it now, uh, one of his videos, and he called it the 80, 10, 10 rule. So, it's, it's kind of obviously a rough rule, but it's like basically 80% at level, 10% higher, 10% lower. Um, and that's a really good way of approaching this because here's the thing. Let's assume that, and let's, let's just take a player who, who let, 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 I'm, I'm going to just, let's assume you, you're not willing to play with players who are not as good as you, okay? And I'm not saying you're doing this, but let's just assume that for a second, right? So let's assume you're not willing to play with players who are not as good as you. Then why should I as a better player than you, play with you, right? If that rule applies up and down the chain of, of, of play, then you're never going to get higher play either because the higher players will, will apply the same rule. So if we're going to, let's be consistent. You know, we want to play with better players. That's great. Um, then let's also remember to play with the players who are not yet where we are. Let's leave that ladder down and help them climb up those rungs on the ladder uh, I am sorry uh, for what you experienced with your friend, uh, uh, essentially turning her back on you. Uh, 
because of a number. And that's the other thing. This is silly because it's just a number um, on a on a card, I guess, or a piece of paper that you know one person had, one person didn't. It does it's not like the 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 play of the two players changed radically, you know, between the morning and the night of that day. Uh, and that's another thing you got to be careful about is, you know, ratings can be tricky. Uh, you just you can go online and read all the duper stories about, you know, about the players who are rated six point whenever they haven't played anything and players who are really good players who are rated 4.0. So, you know, they're just numbers. Uh, if you, you know, play with players at different levels and remember to leave the ladder down. So thanks for sharing that story. It probably wasn't easy to share. Really appreciate you doing that. All right. The letter number two is another one. Very personal. Playing with significant other. Uh, and here I'm able to share names. We have Kathy and Doug. Hello, Kathy and Doug. Um, so I'm going to read this. Uh, I pre- I love the intro, Kathy, because I appreciated it. So the intro starts. Hello, host of a very good pickleball podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, I've been married for almost 46 years to a man who is very good at most things. We are both athletic, but he excels in any sport he plays in. We've been playing pickleball for about two years. I am a 3.5 plus women's player. I am a solid player with a soft and hard game. We play just about every day, dot, 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 but not together. And here's the problem. When I do end up on a court with my husband, like in free play, and he is on one side of the net and I am on the other side, and he makes a, and she capitalizes this, a very good shot, especially against me, I am struggling to just be happy for him to have a good, have made a good shot. My mind goes to that place where he is proving once again for the thousandth time that he is better than me. I have been known to make a somewhat loud comment, half kidding and half meaning it. Don't do that again. And I mean it, which makes him pretty much play easy until we finish the game, much to his partner's chagrin. So um, here's, here's what I would say uh, to you, Kathy. Um, you know, a couple of, a couple of thoughts. You know, obviously, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a, there's always an additional layer of, of of complexity when we're playing as partners or against someone who we share a home with, uh, so our significant other, if you will. Um, there's actually a funny video I just happened to see yesterday, or the day before. Uh, it was really funny. I was uh, basically I'll, I'll walk you through it because I'll explain this a little bit because this, you're not alone, obviously, in this mindset. Uh, it was uh, uh, basically it was a, a gentleman, a young man, and he says, uh, when you're playing with your friends. So he comes out, he's like, you know, and everything was different setup. So the f- first thing was, was oh, sorry, I took that shot. You know, the, the friend or the new person they just met. And the, the, the young man says like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. And then they show him playing with his significant other. And this time she takes the shot and he looks over at her and goes, do not ever take that shot again. Now, why did you know you, you cannot take that shot? And it's just a series of the one was like a missed dink was pretty funny because, you know, the friend missed the dink, uh, the, the not significant other friend, right? Just the regular friend missed the dink. And the young man looks at him and goes, oh, it's fine. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. And uh, the significant other misses the dink. And the young man looks at her and goes, that is the worst shot I've ever seen. I mean, it was just it was pretty funny, but it, but it's true. Right. Uh, that happens. And so th- there is a layer of interpersonal relationship that is difficult to um, to to navigate when you're playing pickleball with someone who uh, is uh, your significant other. But I'm going to give you a couple of couple of thoughts here. One, I think it's something that you can actually work on. I think the way to do it is you you need to prepare yourself before the day begins and I'll be before the pickleball day begins. So when you're heading out to the courts, you know, give yourself some like, like preset yourself to be ready for Doug to have, to hit a nice shot. 
And for you to be able to look across the net and and just be able to say, that's a that's a great shot, honey. Wow, whatever, right? The same way you would say it if it was Ann or Sue or Bob or somebody else, you know, prepare yourself beforehand. Because if you if you wait until it happens, that that emotional trigger already comes out, right? So you already have that that reaction to it. Um, so prepare yourself ahead of time. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna layer another thing on here for you, which is look at it as an opportunity. And the opportunity for you is to learn. And what I mean by that is, you know, does that mean you're going to do everything exactly the way that Doug does it and things like that? No. But what it does mean is that you're able to now see what Doug is doing successfully and learn from that and be able to, uh, to add that to your game and grow as a pickleball player. Before we get into the next letter, a quick side note. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, we will we are going to continue doing our Friday podcast, our regular podcast, just like the one you're listening to now. But we're starting to add uh, a special episode of the podcast that will drop from time to time. Those will usually drop on a Monday, and they're going to be uh, interviews or other topics that we may have from time to time. So if you like pickleball therapy, be on the lookout for our special episodes, usually dropping on a Monday. Thank you for sharing your challenges uh, out there on the court, Kathy, and hope you and Doug uh, keep on enjoying this beautiful sport together and growing as as uh, significant others playing pickleball. All right, let's move on to letter number three. It has to do with rules changes, and it reads like this. Uh, I didn't think people on Facebook would be familiar with all the potential rules changes since there are over 90 of them, so I didn't post on Facebook. I thought this might be a topic for the Pickleball Therapy Podcast. Certainly appreciate you uh, sending this to us or, or, or proposing it to us. And it's definitely an interesting, uh, it's always interesting to talk about anything that has to do with pickleball, but I'd like to take a different tack to the answer. Um, generally speaking, when you look at the rules changes that are adopted by the rules committee, the vast majority of those rules, don't the vast majority actually don't even apply to anything that we normally do because they, a lot of them are like minutia that has to do with tournaments and they're clarifying this or moving a word around and things like that. And there are just not that many rules changes that are that significantly impact our sport. One recently that did was, uh, you know, the elimination of the pre-spun ball on the serve. So that's something that that was a big change. Drop serve, adding the drop serve was important. Uh, and then if they go to rally scoring, which they're not talking about doing as a, they're talking about adding it as a maybe optional one this year, but not as a, it's not going to be required to use rally scoring. So it, there's nothing there's nothing on the table right now that I'm aware of that is uh, that is going to change your game that significantly. And what I would suggest is that you know as humans there's only so much time and energy and focus that we have to to um, you know to invest in pickleball. And and again I don't mean this as any kind of a criticism. It's perfectly fine to have asked this question and to be curious about these things. But I think it's a good opportunity to to maybe you know pivot right pivot our focus from something like a rules or rules change over to something like a strategy or a mental part of the game, reading a mental book, things like that. I think I would suggest that that's a more, that's going to give you more bang for your buck in terms of your, the results of the work that at the time that you're spending on it. Because I, I'm going to suggest this to you as well. And you didn't ask this question, but I want to, I want to address this, which is the amount of energy that, that we sometimes spend as players out there on the court addressing rules violations and or perceived rules violations. Uh, you know, we've talked about out balls before. I'm not going to get into that in detail right now, but you know, my position on that is so, so don't argue about it. If you hit it there, 
deal with, you know, it's just deal with it. You, you, you hit the ball there. It's life. You, you know, move on. Same thing with like, you know, illegal serves and things like that. It's just, it's a lot of energy being spent or more than should be. I don't know if it's a lot, but it's more than it should be being spent out on the courts, you know, focusing on things that aren't, aren't really going to materially uh, impact the game or materially impact your enjoyment or growth in the sport. So um, again, not a criticism of the, of the, of the topic. I feel free to ask any topic you want, but I do feel that in this case, I want to pivot it from rules to other areas that um, will more likely than not give you again, more bang for your buck, more benefit from the time you're investing your time. You'll invest in those areas. Um, and I, I will say that I, I'm not aware of any rule that's being adopted this year that is going to radically alter or that's on the table. I should say that's going to radically alter how we play this sport. So thank you for the question. Um, all right, let's move into, uh, this is, this is a story. Um, and what I want to share with you here, this is, a uh, uh, th this is a story of what you can gain from playing pickleball. Right. And I think it's just one of these stories of encouragement of, of, um, uh, you know, keep at it because there are gains that you get that, that you may not be thinking about that you're going to get. And here, here, here's the, here's a story. I just listened to Tony's podcast about pickleball injuries. I have had osteoporosis for about 10 years. Every doctor, endocrinologist, GB, uh, orthopedist, and gynecologist has wanted me to take medication. I have resisted doing so. My last bone density about two months ago showed a 10% increase in bone density back to osteopenia, I believe is how it's pronounced. The only difference in my life these past years has been consistent pickleball playing. Another friend told me she had the same experience. Do you have any other anecdotal evidence on this? Um, I don't, but I, what's, what's, what's excellent about this is, is to see how using your body. I mean, I can, I think I can speak on this. Although, you know, I'm not trained in this area, but I've, I've been reading a lot about it and, and just studying this part of the life. Um, whenever you put your body in motion, meaning you're, you're, you're demanding from your body, right? So you're, you're moving around, you're, you're stepping here, going to the left, whatever you're doing with your body, you're sending your brain signals that you, that tell your brain, Oh, I didn't know you needed that. You, you know, you were doing that. Okay, great. Well, let me, let me get to work on that. Right. Um, an example would be, think of the just atrophy, right? Just plain old mus muscular atrophy. You know, you get a cast put on or something. It's not that your body like is upset with your hand, your arm that's in the cast or it's trying to hurt it or anything like that. It's just energy conservation. So your brain is going, oh, well, I don't, I haven't got any signals from your left arm in a while. The one that's been in the cast. So I'm guessing you're not really using it. So I'll, I'll appropriate those resources and put them somewhere else. Uh, it's very efficient if you think about it, but you know, the same can be true for, you know, if you just, if you're sitting on the couch every day, the brain's going, well, I guess you don't, I'm moving around a lot. So I don't need to worry about that. Flip it around. You're out on the pickleball court. You're putting demands on your body, your bones, your muscles, all parts of your body. And your brain is going to do what it can to then say, oh, okay, I see what you need. Let me give you what you need. Um, so really appreciate you sharing that story. Uh, and I'm just, it's so great that you've gotten a, uh, did this benefit from, from playing pickleball um, and uh, as best we can tell from playing pickleball. And so, uh, you know, keep at it. And, and hopefully if you're out there and you're, you know, maybe you're going through a period of, of, of life, uh, you know, where you're, you're having aches and pains and things like that, pickleball might, might, might help you out with, uh, with, your, uh, with your brain doing the thing. All right, we're going to jump into the um, jump into the 
open plate blues. This is a really good one. But before we do, um, I me I've mentioned this before, but we have uh, partnered with uh, Total Pickleball. Total Pickleball is, uh, they're, they're relatively new to pickleball compared to some of the other retailers that you'll see online. But I can tell you that they're, they're, they're not new to this, um, to sports and not new to uh, uh, customer service and fulfilling orders and just being a really good uh, retailer in the sports market. Uh, they're, they're, they're a part of Tennis Warehouse, the bigger, uh, the, the a company that owns Tennis Warehouse. So they're basically like side by side with Tennis Warehouse. Tennis Warehouse has been in a tennis game forever. Uh, I used to buy a ton of stuff from Tennis Warehouse. I'm sure that if you, if you play tennis, you're familiar with Tennis Warehouse. Total Pickleball is Tennis Warehouse's uh, pickleball entry. And the reason I mentioned this to you is, you know, if you're, if you're looking to buy anything in pickleball um, and, you know, you're going to go to another retailer, we ask that you try out Total Pickleball. And it's an indirect way of helping us continue to provide this sort of uh, content to you. Uh, there's no additional cost to you. There's no nothing for you to do other than there is one important thing is to use the link that you'll find at, in the show notes. And if you don't can't find it there, you can just go to betterpickleball.com. You go to our website. We have a link there. The, the, the reason that using the link is important is because if you if you just go to Total Pickleball, there's, I guess, nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't help it doesn't help us, right? It doesn't help the podcast. It doesn't help what we're trying to do to reach other players and continue growing the sport. So uh, this is a long way around to telling you that if you're looking to buy some pickleball equipment, any kind of pickleball equipment, go to Total Pickleball, check it out. And, uh, and but but the key is, the key is, don't forget to use uh, our link. I was reminded of this the other day, I was talking to a player and and uh, no criticism here either. It's just, you know, she just forgot about the link, but you know, she bought a pair of tie rolls and you know, we were big tie roll fans and we have a code and she just forgot about the code. And again, no criticism. It happens. The only problem there is now like Tyrell has no idea that, that, that we were involved in that process. And, and so again, there's an, there's a, the simplest way for you to help support everything that we do is by using the links to our affiliates, including total pickleball. They're going to give you the best service. All right, let's move on to, I like the, the open play blues letter number five. And this one, this one comes from a, a uh, pickleball system, uh, pickleball system student, uh, just determined student of the game through our pickleball system. And uh, he's, yeah, I'm going to read it to you. It says, as you know, I've embraced uh, the pickleball system since its inception and really love the program. That said, I continue to have problems getting to implement my soft game, but for a rather unusual reason. I play indoors uh, at a YMCA with three courts uh, and which use a paddle system to rotate our round robin play. It seems that we have quite a variety of skill levels, but hardly anybody uses a third shot drop, and most just bang the ball with hopes of getting it over the net and in the court. Many have become proficient at this. Nobody seems willing to practice drill or otherwise try to advance their game and skill level. They seem happy to just play this way, three to five days a week. And there are Robin, we each have a different partner each game. Most players there seem to consider me one of the better players, and so when I play, the returns to serve always seem to be hit to my partner, so I rarely get an opportunity to play a third shot drop. My partners all seem content to drive the ball all of the time on the third shot, and often they hit high enough to provide an easy winner for our opponents. I've suggested trying to drop the third, but all I get is head nods and blank looks. And then there was a conversation about a post that I had made about refocusing on the framework of pickleball, brought it home to him. It appears, this is him again, it appears that unless I can convince my friends to get into the pickleball system, they will never begin to understand the game, framework, objectives, strategies, and shots. I am frustrated in that I really want to learn more and advance my skills, but I feel held back by the group where I've chosen to play. Do you see anything I can do other than find a new pickleball home to play at? 
Over the past three years, we have developed some good friendships in this group, and I hate like crazy to move on. They will probably think me a snob, but at least I, w- I wouldn't be a frustrated snob. So the question is what to do. All right, this is, a, this is, this is difficult. This is a difficult, um, uh, difficult one to try and solve if there is a solution. But there are ways to, to perhaps come to a happier medium in terms of you, know, the, you being able to get the type of work that you want to get in while still playing in this group. Now, let me, let me break it down into different pieces. So first of all, I would suggest that you may need to play, you know, find other places to play, not all the time, but maybe once a week. You know, you try, you try, and, try and set up maybe, and I don't know what your court situation is where you're at, but maybe you can try and set up like a competitive, more competitive type of matching. I don't mean competitive like, like you know, we're going to draw blood or anything like that. But just, you know, you, you, you identify three players that are closer to, to, to your level and you set up, uh, uh, you know, time and day and you go out there and you play for an hour, hour and a half. You know, maybe you can switch partners in that group, but, but you're going to get a more evenly balanced time on the court. So that's one suggestion that you can do. Now, in terms of... Um, playing at the group you're playing with. I would suggest still playing there. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of stuff you can work on in those situations. Um, so let, let me address the, well, one thing first before we jump into what you should do. I think it's very difficult to get others to change um, if they're not willing to, right? If they're not open to it. There's nothing wrong with, you know, with, with chatting with somebody about it. And if they express interest and you continue the conversation, but, you know, like, for instance, uh, uh, and again, not a criticism, but, you know, like telling somebody to try a third shot drop if they don't want to probably probably waste of breath. And it's just not going to not going to go very far. Uh, so I, I probably wouldn't take that approach. What I would suggest is um, um, what you do is so that's what you do with other players. Right. Ask them if they if they care for your input. If they do great, help them out. If they don't move on in terms of input, in terms of playing now there are certain things that you can do to to uh to get more more out of the situation one thing that you can do is you can um don't run don't move forward on your partner's third shot so they're i, I don't say third shot drop because they're not hitting third shot drop so whenever they're just kind of swatting the balls and smashing balls hang back that's what i do when i go to open play and i know that, that you know i'm not sure whether they're gonna hit a third shot or what they're gonna do i'm just hanging back I may take a step or two inside the court and that's it. And then from there, what will happen is now you're in a great defensive position. And so what happens is, you know, they'll hit the high ball. A lot of times that same player will just run forward, right? So they hit and run. Uh, and then you're able to, to hang out in a defensive position and guess who's probably going to be able to hit the fifth shot? You and the seventh perhaps. So now you're not getting the third shot drop, but you're able to work on a fifth shot drop. The other thing I'd recommend is, don't play. Let's just, let's assume that you have a good hard game, right? And so you're able to overpower your opponents and just you know blow them off the court. What I would suggest is don't take that approach when you're playing in these matches that are uneven, right? The when you're playing against players who can't handle that and are going to just avoid you. My suggestion is hit the shots that they think they want you to hit, i.e., what third shot drop, right? A lot of times, you know, if you let's say your partner's wailing on balls and they see that you're not wailing on balls, they'll say, you know what, I'm not going to hit it to the to the banger. I'm going to hit it to the other player because they're not hurting me right now. 
they don't really understand how the hurt comes later, right? The, the, you know, when you hit the third shot and you move in and you're able to put pressure on them and then win that way. But that'll get them to start hitting more balls to you. And what I would suggest is, and I, I do this when I go play in mixed groups like this, play an entirely 100% soft game. Hit your serve, hit your return, right? Normal, high, loopy, because you're a system member, so you know this stuff. But after that, nothing with soft game. Everything is soft game. And what will happen is they'll start hitting balls to you over time because they'll start realizing, they'll start saying to themselves, oh, well, I'm not getting smashed here. I'm not getting attacked, so I'll hit to this player. So they'll hit to you, not knowing that you can still apply a ton of pressure through the soft game, but it's just a pressure that they won't, it won't feel. It's kind of like the, the frog in the boiling water, you know, you put the frog in the cold water and turn up the heat. That's what the soft game looks like. So you basically put, you know, do that for them, uh, do that to them, and they won't realize that you're hurting them in that soft game play you're doing. So the best way to get balls sent your way is to change your approach the way you're playing, put the soft game off to the side, don't use a soft game when you're there. I mean, sorry, hard game. It's, it's, uh, flip that. Take your hard game, put it off to the side, and then only use the soft game approach. One other thing you can do to get more balls sent your way is to put balls to your diagonal. What that means is you hit the balls cross-court from you. Players like hitting cross-court more than they like hitting down the line. So if you hit cross-court more, you're more likely to get balls sent back cross court your way so you can generate more shots that way. So hopefully that helps. It Listen, it's it's tough, but I think if you blend that, you have you know a competitive match once a week or so uh, that you can get in the work that you're trying to get in and you adjust your approach. You can get a lot of really good work done in those situations uh, because you can hit shots that maybe um, try things that you may not feel comfortable trying if you were playing in a more competitive setting. You get to try those in a in a setting that's maybe a little bit uh, uneven. So hopefully that helps that. Um, so that is the podcast this week. Hope you enjoyed the mailbag episode. I believe we're going to be doing one next week as well because I still have some uh, mail in the bag that I wasn't able to get to this week. Uh, if you have any topics that you want to ask about, please send us uh, an email. You can tell that we definitely do these. And uh, and if you uh, have a question, I'll put it in there as well. It's therapy at betterpickleball.com therapy at betterpickleball.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please read and review it. It helps us reach other players just like you who may be either struggling with the mental part of pickleball or just want to grow as, as the mental side of their pickleball game. And as always, please share with your friends because if you enjoy the podcast, they probably will too. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.